Greetings, Earth. Welcome to the Nostalgiaverse. Hello and welcome. Today with me is Alex. Hello. And today we have a special guest, screen actor Dean Aylesworth. Present. <laughs> Yay! Present and accounted for. Yes! <laughs> you've had quite a varied number of roles that you've done. How did you get started acting in the first place? How did I get started acting? I was so little. Like, I was, that was some of the first memories I've ever had are impersonating the, the shows on television. Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah, I would walk around like a little monkey. And I'm, and I'm serious. I'm like three and four. Yeah. And now, of course, these are not of my own recall. These are of stories that have been told to me. You know what I mean? Right. I think by the time I was maybe six or seven, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just knew that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I, re- I remember Planet of the Apes. I grew up watching the uh, the movies and the series that was on. The, I think it started in 74 or 75. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> so just the natural play stuff of kids, right? Oh, I know. And that's kind of where it started and when I knew. I It, it sucks that I've always known, you know, at least for other people, they always said, wow, man, you know what you want to do with your life? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that just means that you've got one up on a lot of people that you actually know what you're doing what you want well, to do so i certainly hope so i'm certainly willing to learn more too as we go i think that's the evolution of each and every one of us as actors is that we're we're sort of depicting the human condition right and in the human condition we we yeah we get strange and wonderful <laughs> messes oh yeah you know what i mean and they happen every moment of every time that you got to do something that's really cool and you flatulate or something I mean, it's, like, it's uh, and, and what do they call it? They call it uh, Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. You know, if it can't happen, it will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anything anything that can go wrong will. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> yeah. The, the, the whatever, you know what I mean? And so this is the mess that we have. And uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm dedicated to doing. And to learning and to being bad at or good at or indifferent. But at least I'm passionate about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you're putting it out there. And for me, one of the things that I enjoy is seeing with actors the breadth and scope of what they're capable of. It bothers me when an, an actor, any actor, gets typecast and they can only get certain roles, certain types of roles. I like to see them branch out. I like to see them challenged in what they can do. No, I completely agree with you. It's difficult because there are certain standards. Mm-hmm. I was watching a, a television show just the other day, and they were talking about a casting call having gone out for a Broadway play. Mm-hmm. And the casting call was very specific about who they wanted and needed, right? right. And it became more about ethnicity as opposed to the, the part or the role, right? right. Uh, at least it was more about that on this television show. Uh, for me, in that case scenario, I see that we're all the right part for the... Uh, we're mm-hmm. all the right person for the right part. Right. I'm sure I get jealous or, or whatever when, when I see one of, of my friends or someone you know going and getting a really big role that you know, that bursts into a three-picture deal and, they, and their career is started and, and, and really going gangbusters. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't deny them that they deserve it. Right. And then I want them to do well. Yeah. Because in the end, it's their part. It's like the old joke of how many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> yeah. 50. Uh, you get one to do it, and then 49 to stand around and say, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And everybody has a particular skill set that yeah. they bring to the table. And. Yeah their ability to bring across certain things, some people are better at it than others. Yeah, but there's also, we're, we're dealing with a certain medium, do you know what I mean? Right. A, a medium that has, it's got a history, right? Mm-hmm. It's, brought, it's brought stars and, uh, and names to the forefront of really even, you know, times in history when, when one can say, oh, well, Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, you think, okay, well, this is during Kennedy and all that, and yeah, and so it was sort of 
well, I know at that time, that's around the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? You know, late 50s. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you, all of that sort of stuff kind of kicks in, and you go, oh, my goodness, right? Like, right. When was, uh, when, when was risky business? Do you know what I mean? Like, most people know. You know yeah. what I mean? This is like, it's back when Reagan was uh, was in, in, in power in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this yeah. is one of Tom Cruise's very first films. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And yes. it, at any time period in in film history, I know I grew up watching silent films. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, love I those. Love. Specifically. I, I love those. I love and, because uh, of a whole bunch of different things, but because his aspirations are exactly what my aspirations are, and I think he achieved his aspirations to be a filmmaker. Do you know what I mean? To be a storyteller, yeah. do it with heart and compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And he did it all, you know, and that's what I aspire to be is a, is a filmmaker and not just a, just an actor or, or just a writer or just a man who holds up a sign for traffic so that my other acting cohorts can do their job. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm right. willing to do all of that. And that's, yeah. that, that's what filmmakers are. And he did that. Uh, him and Buster Keaton, oh my God! So mm-hmm. yeah, I I really agree with you on the the silent film eras mm. because this is ninety nine percent of of all communication. Yeah, is what we don't say. Yeah, and with we did discussion about music in geek culture and how it applies to things like film and television, and back then. They were called silent films, even though they actually weren't silent, because nobody was speaking. Yeah. All you heard was music, and, and, and that was the first audio. And it and music has been a huge part of our culture forever. Yeah, well, it was the first origin origination of, of slapstick as well. They actually mm-hmm. took sticks in the theaters, and whenever one of the characters would hit another character on the screen, they would slap these sticks together to make these sound effects. And that's why they called it slapstick. Oh, yeah. So this is, <laughs> that's cool. This is the greatest form of exactly that filmmaking, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty exciting and wonderful. And I, when you get a chance to do it, it's yeah, it's lovely. Sometimes that's... I find though, it's uh, a lot of the times working on uh, independent things, working with people that are are maybe a little greener. Mm-hmm. It's it's more about the the equipment they're using than it yeah, is yeah. about <laughs> the, the actual story that they're telling, which is, uh, I don't know, it's sort of one of those, maybe it's a, a heads up or something like that that mm-hmm. one might encounter on their way up. Yeah. It's just about focus, you know what I mean? Uh, I get excited with you know, new cars and motorcycles and all those things, absolutely. Uh, but oh, yeah. when it's about telling the story or when it's about really relating something for a character, it can't be about the camera. Right. You know what the I mean? Cameras, so it can't be about that for me. <laughs> yeah, know? the camera is a tool. As just, just as with special effects or with yeah. any props or costumes, all of that, those are tools that are used because of the story. That's lovely. I agree wholeheartedly. Because just that, we got these beautiful, I think, great films, like the new Star Wars films, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, the... the uh, there's there's another sequel coming up with the uh, I think it's it's called the what is it Galaxy something the, Galaxy Quest No not Galaxy Quest a buddy of mine was in that oh. he turned and yeah and turned out he was in uh, Deadpool as well Oh wow Yeah Jeb Reese very nice nice guy Oh yeah and oh. He, he's in both Deadpool and uh, and he he was one of the aliens in Galaxy Quest. But uh, no, this is uh, Defenders of the Galaxy. Is that what it's called with Chris Pine? Guardians no. of the Galaxy. Guardians. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and who's the actor who's in that? The lead actor. There's um, Chris Pine, Batista. Are you sure it's Chris Pine? Because I thought Chris Pine was in Star Trek. No, it's not Chris Pine. No, Chris Pine. It's Chris. Um, oh, I forgot his name. We're good at that game. Hey, the celebrity name game. You've ever watched that? <laughs> we lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. so those sort of those stories and how how they uh, they're about the, the damn story, but they have these wonderful special effects, these wonderful things. But all of those things, just like you said, are being utilized as tools. It's Chris Pratt, by the way. Pratt. 
<laughs> well done. Did you look that up on your phone or something? It's not... <laughs> devices we were talking here. No. <laughs> no, it's I. Peter, yeah, it's, Peter it's, Quill it's, is the in okay. played uh, by uh, Chris Pratt, right. and Vin Diesel was the voice of Groot. Everybody knows this. <clears throat> and he's done a bunch of stuff, and Bradley Cooper, Zoe Saldana. I think the histories that they've uh, that they brought with them. Uh, Batista is a breakout star, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's done well, but he, he did the Iron Fist thing with uh, that Tarantino uh, produced, yeah. and uh, yeah. So I mean, that was the first thing that I had ever seen him in, and then uh, I think he did a pretty good job in this last outing, and uh, seems to be. Like he's an actor, like he's got to can do it. <laughs> he's not yeah. just fooling around, so it's kind of good. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> On your IMDb, the first thing listed yes. for you is a show. I did a little poking around for it. It's, it was done in, in Canada. I think it was Central Canada somewhere. Uh, Neon Rider. Yes, ma'am. Did an episode of that. I did do an episode of that. Yeah. That was many years ago. I was. Really? Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, that was back in 94. Yeah, yeah. I think it was entitled Cowboys and Indians. Yes. And Danny Virtue directed it. Oh. Yeah, and Danny Virtue uh, was one of the executive producers of the company that produced Neon Rider, as well as another show, I believe... <coughs> What was it called? It was about uh, cutting people's heads off, and there can only be one. Oh, Highlander. Highlander, yes, yes. They they produced that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, Winston Rec Studios. Yeah. Yeah. And I had met those guys when they first, first came to Vancouver. I was delivering sandwiches to them. Oh, wow. I know. It's just, it was so kismet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had a great time working with them, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, I played a native role. Uh, but a native role where uh, where the the uh, the other characters in the in the show didn't recognize me as native. They just thought that I was just another white guy, and they sort of started driving around town, making uh, making trouble for all of the world. And it turned out that they were racist in their in in their anger and angst, mm-hmm. and that they wanted me to join their little skinhead kind of club. And I was like, uh, no, I'm sorry, you know. I, I'm actually one of the minorities that you're about fighting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting little show. I liked it. Yeah, I think I did a two episode arc on it. Yeah, very cool. The next one listed is the Sentinel, which was a show I loved. <laughs> yeah, in the late '90s. I loved that show. I missed that show. <laughs> it was such a cool show. I was yeah, I was a big time uh, cigarette smoker at the time, and so the. Uh, the, the, the lead actor in the film, the television series, did not enjoy my company if, if I was smoking. <laughs> oh. Because he was a very, very health-conscious person. So, But uh, I, I finally figured it all out. We were uh, we were out on this boat out in the channel here. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. All, all day long, driving around in this big boat. I think I got five or six days on it. Yeah, it was super fun. I was just playing a, a bad guy. It turns out that... Uh, that the cohort that we were sort of like it turned there were two different factions of bad guys in the episode mm-hmm. that I was in and I was I was sort of associated with this this other bad guy it turned out it was he's the professor on flash um, and mm. the bad guy mm-hmm. he he was the bad guy on that show as well on that episode of Sentinel very cool yeah Richard Berge and Garrett McGart yes Maggart. <laughs> that's pronounced that's, that's, yeah those are the leads in that show but then uh, <clears throat> was the guest star on that episode I, I can't recall but uh, um, I had to do the television series Ed and uh, a couple other things he was a really nice guy I enjoyed working with him a lot super nice guy I've forgotten his name for some reason off the top of my head but you know once again we're not playing the celebrity name game <laughs> I, I, right I'm not going to win <laughs> it's Tom Cap. It's Tom Cavanaugh. Yes, yeah. yes, Tom, Mr. Cavanaugh. Yeah, that's so funny. He always <gasps> called <me> Chief. <laughs> and then you went on to do from the Sentinel. You went on to do three episodes on the X Files yes, and ma'am. Fox Mulder's father. I watched those. You I w- actually went through and I 
found, and I found the, because I, I couldn't really get into X-Files myself. It just, it was slightly outside my normal thing that I get into. But I went and poked at the, those three episodes, and I actually, I really like that arc that those episodes cover, dealing with Bill Mulder, his, oh, Fox Mulder's father, and, yeah. and how the whole X-Files thing started. I oh. like that arc. I like it too, and so much so that I've actually developed a script, and I've I've got a guy working on it. On it. yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, he's called it Lake Placid. Oh no, not Lake Placid. Something lakes Lake something else. I can't remember <laughs> what the he's got the title. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's got a copy written in and all the rest of that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's put it together. Jason Kelly is his name. Yeah, a wonderful writer. Uh, and I agree with you. The the, the fans have been. <laughs> crazy uh, about that that line of thought right that the original that yeah that the, the original storyline and where his, his his sister gets abducted and supposedly these are all the reasons for fox Mulder to have even gone into the fbi mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, I, it, yeah. it, it covers a lot and how the x-files actually got their name and how his father was involved and I, I really enjoyed that arc, actually. It was really cool. Yeah, I was I was very grateful to be a part of it. Worked with some really good uh, directors who've gone on to do some some things. Mm-hmm. James Wong uh, was the, the first director. Oh yeah. Yeah, and of course, effectively, if uh, after Kim Manners has passed, but uh, he mm-hmm. was the director, so I had a chance to work with as well. Very cool. He was honored in uh, one of the reoccurring episodes, the new ones. Mm-hmm. When they were they were in this graveyard and they they had, they were running this scene and they were all the they were walking by these grave stones and standing in front of them and the one they were standing in front of was Kim Manners. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you know the inside stuff, it's a little yeah, it's a little more touching and kind of tugs on you a little bit. <laughs> giving an homage to, to these men and women who uh, put a lot of uh, life and energy and time into these stories and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then you did a couple episodes uh, a couple of episodes of Da Vinci's Inquest. Yes. Yeah. I had the, uh, the pleasure of working with Mr. Chris Haddock who is the executive producer and creator of that. Did also another thing called City Hall. It was Da Vinci's Inquest City Hall, and then he went on to do Intelligence, and uh, now he's got a new television series of which I don't remember the name of. Yeah, <laughs> all Canadian. Wow. But Chris Haddock was also part of uh, Boardwalk Empire with Mark Very cool. Yeah, Chris has been around. So yeah, that was I loved that uh, <clears throat> that show. And I love working with all those people. It's like some of the <laughs> some of the greats, uh, you know, Donnelly Rhodes, mm-hmm. uh, who originally started out a television series called Soap <laughs> with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. So like way, 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 way back. Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, so much, so much, I don't know, passion and love for this endeavor uh, to soak up. And, and to yeah. work with uh, with Ian Tracy and, and all those guys, everybody there, uh, you know, Peter Williams, everybody that I had a chance to work with was just a real blessing and pleasure on that show. And it's funny because not every damn thing that you do is, is pleasure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I know I sound like the brightest. <laughs> it's like, oh, everything is so nice and everything is so great. But truly, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. You know, the heck out of what I do, right? Well, yeah. If you don't, if you if you love what you do and you and you have fun doing it, you never work a day in your life. Well, that's what the Chinese say. Yep. And I won't. Uh, it's not work. It's love. You know what I mean. And I'm yeah. just grateful that I get that I get paid well and that uh, so I can sustain myself till the next gig. Uh, and right. that's really why <laughs> you know we get paid <laughs> such exorbitant amounts of money because because we don't work very often. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah some more than others, but yeah, you guys have quite a space between projects yeah but it's also about putting a whole bunch of irons in the fire and making your own brands and that's mm-hmm. cool there's nothing wrong with that oh yeah yeah and that's what i'm enjoying like live theater productions and creating all of these things with with a whole bunch of groups of people and i've got a couple scripts in development that i'm working on for for television and right now i think there's something out on facebook uh it's, it's a picture of me and a in some flak jacket, and that's for a Sizzler for a for a new television series that uh, 
them. My uh, my buddy's trying to promote and get out there called a place uh, a place in the another place is what it's called another place. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. If you search my images on Facebook in the last couple little bit, yeah, it'll be up there. Um, going nuts with the with auditioning right now. It's it's pilot season and uh, oh yeah, lots of things available. My my manager in Los Angeles is very very happy to. <laughs> <laughs> to be representing me, and I'm very happy to have. And uh, my representation up here in Vancouver is is very, very diligent and supportive, uh, making sure that I'm auditioning almost every stinking day, which is really wonderful. Uh, hopefully, I'll land some some great gigs, and we'll uh, we'll see in the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, really. And, yeah. and I look I look forward to seeing you on screen again because you're one of those that is really fun to watch you work because you really get into it. And you really, uh, and it's and it's obvious that you're really into this, and you just you you dig in with all fours, and <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's a do. lot of fun watching you. Oh, good! I'm so grateful. I just, you know, I'm just trying to concentrate on making that camera disappear. Yes, that's that's really my thing, you know? mm-hmm. and that's that's the best I can do. And that means just dive as deep as you can into this damn character, and. And oh, feel yeah. those feelings, um, and be that uh, that moment, uh, and make it fresh every damn time that you got to do it. It yeah. just is quite lovely and wonderful, and, and such an experience that you can find new magic in. And and mm-hmm. you know what? Mistakes are actually things that are valuable. It's uh, I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can. Sometimes a line doesn't come out quite right, and it's and you end up. It doesn't feel right the way you say it so you say it a different way and they're like oh that's even better <laughs> or absolutely and it's a lot of it is so collaborative it's necessary to be courageous in that and to and to take those steps to step outside of the the actual and i'm not saying to do this on stage please don't anyone who hears this who is on the <laughs> stage do not do this but to, to, to maybe change up the iamic pentameter just a little bit and it's not to, to to do any injustice to the piece. It's actually to imbibe it, mm-hmm. to own it. It's like uh, it's like making a song your own. Like all of these creative uh, people that I I love this television series, The Voice. Mm. Um, just because I see all of these these great and wonderful young talents and old talents and and medium aged talents that are just given her they're mm-hmm. just really putting it all out there and uh and and that's that's kind of it right <laughs> they're oh involved. yeah and when when they make the songs their own when they don't have to like totally change the whole harmony or tune or anything else, but just a little bit when they make the song their own then they have a signature something that, that is their own voice yeah and i remember i remember watching uh i saw a clip on youtube of this girl i think she was about 13 I can't remember how old she was, but she'd you remember in Fifth Element, the the diva, the yes, yes. blue that that Before, song that she did that supposedly yeah. no human voice could ever do. She did it live on stage, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> that was oh my god, and yeah, it proves that yes, if you put yourself into that and try. You never know what you can accomplish. That's all you got to do is try. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, and it's such a cliche. It's so many. I mean, there's so many movies that are made about just that hustle, what would you, hustle and flow, mm-hmm. right? The whole movie's about him trying to go and talk to this guy and give him his tape because he's a big, big rapper, right? Well, the big rapper says, hey, man, you know, everyone's got to have a dream, right? Mm-hmm. And then he throws the guy's tape away, and the guy beats the hell out of him and goes to jail for it. Well, when he's in jail, he, he writes a whole music and gets really mad, and, you know, everything gets released. And and all the guards are all his pals now because they, they recognize him as a talent. And they want from him now. They want to give him a tape. And they and so the, the, the one thing he said was, everyone's got to have a dream. And, and, and it's really, it is. It's cliche and it's all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, the dreams are great to have. Mm-hmm. It's the practice of, of <laughs> executing it that's mm-hmm. not so common. Yeah. And, and this is why we have only a handful of stars and only a handful of people that are working all the time. Because yeah. it's not common to, do, to drive and strive and take the challenges. And uh, 
because sometimes it doesn't come with a lot of great stuff. Like, you know, I miss my little girl. Hmm. Well, you know, what you do, she can definitely be proud of as she gets older. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, she'll be fine. It's just, it's just that, the sacrifices that we have to make based on oh, what we want. Yeah. And that focus that, and that, just like I said when I was little, I knew what I wanted to be. Yeah. And and it does. It takes sacrifice and challenges uh, to overcome. You know, will be put in your path, and they're really just a measure of what you can overcome. I, once again, I, I'm spouting out a whole bunch of cliches, but it's the truth. Yeah, it is. It is. I recently watched Zootopia, and the key song in that film is Try Everything. Yep. Robert There's Tree. so many different movies and, and TV shows that actually put that out there. And it's like, yeah, if you want to do it, try it. Go for it. And you've done that. We, and you're still thank, doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and I'm going to continue to excel. I'm only going to get better at this. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is what I, I, I encourage everyone. Just, just do that. If I can inspire in any way, shape, or form for you to just try it. Because yeah. when we try something, we're human beings, right? Human beings are pretty amazing. And oh, we, yeah. when we try new things, we can even excel at them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. And it doesn't matter sometimes how old you are or how tall you are or what color skin you have. Mm-hmm. It's just doing that, having the, the human experience. Yeah. And in... A lot of the stuff that you've done, you, there's uh, following da Vinci, da Vinci's inquest. There's the immortal, Cold Squad, even Dark Angel. Yes. Uh, yes. Stargate SG One is old Anubis. I have that on DVD, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that series. Oh, thanks. You know how they did the like background sort of things, and they had the like the interviews in the back. Mm-hmm. Well, they had they had me in that too. Um, mm. It, uh, when they were putting the prosthetics on, on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I guess, the behind-the-scenes. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff because you get to see how the magic is done. And for me, I know it's not this way for everybody, but for me, seeing how they do it makes it that much more magical to me because it takes all of this to make what you see on screen happen. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And you begin to really appreciate all the work that goes into this. Ever since I was little, I would go to a movie at the theater, and I would stay all the way through and watch the credits all the way to the end until the lights come up and the screen goes dark. Mm. Because for me, that's my way of paying respects to and honoring the literal village that it takes to make some of these movies. And it got to the point where I was recognizing various companies and individual names on the screen. Aw, you're so sweet. You know, that's just, that's pretty darn amazing. Yeah. Thank Thank you you for doing that because... No problem. Those names actually are human beings. You did something for that thing, and that's pretty good. And and, And there's a lot of people... You know, as you as you go through and you see these names, you're like, oh, I remember this person did this, this, and this, and and this group. Oh, yeah, I remember some of those people. They were on this, and and they did this, and yeah. you know, so like that kind of gets clicked in my head. It's like, oh, hey, and I used to watch a show called Movie Magic in the oh, '80s, yeah. where they would actually go into a lot of that, the behind the scenes, how how they did back then. It was blue screen. Before that, it was black screen, and then blue screen, now green screen. I and... did a screen scene in the X-Files there. Mm. Yeah, when they had me doing the – there was these uh, – these uh, during the MacArthur era, mm-hmm. it was – they were inquiring on people as to whether or not they were communist or not. And during right. those those question periods, there was there was film of that, and yeah. old, old footage. And so what they did is they put me in, much like the Forrest Gump uh, of its time. Yeah. Sort of, they put me into that, interacting with all the other human beings that were in there at the time. It was a, it was a quick, very quick shot, but it was cool. To, the very first time I ever dealt with uh, with green screen. Mm. Yeah, but they were they were filming. They were sort of transitioning, but they were filming on thirty five. 
Oh wow. Yep. And they finally, I mean, that they did. I think in the end they transitioned. Yeah. To HD, but uh, yeah, that was that was the I don't know, one of the most interesting things for me because 35 has a different tone to it and a different. Yeah. It's like music, right? You think of yeah. rhythm and you think of tone and you think of like how you can tell a story and even how you can hum out the words. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, one of the greatest players uh, who does that is, uh, uh, <laughs> once again, the celebrity name game, I can't remember, <laughs> Christopher Walken. Yes. He's, he's one of the greatest, uh, I think, orators uh, where he his passion and, his, and how he hits certain places in uh, it's just uh i know people make fun of it but he's it, it's him you know what i mean it's his unique way of doing it. it's like a cadence it's like a tone mm-hmm. just like when i make reference to music right mm-hmm. um, and he's 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 said to be a, a great dancer so in all of that that's the, all those marriages are and and speaking of chris walken christopher walken i'm I, I the first thing that comes to my mind is uh brainstorm oh yeah yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that movie from way back. <laughs> it's like he looks so innocent, and he looks so blonde back then. I, <laughs> he was very uh, blondy. Yeah, yeah, it was such a really different movie. Yeah, in in all the best ways. Yeah, sci-fi, you know, and like you were saying about the the whole getting everybody in there. Uh, mm-hmm. We call it, you know, running away to the circus, really. Because that's what we're all doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a three-ring circus, and and everybody's in there. You got the you got the people who are shoveling the, uh, <laughs> you know, for the elephants, mm-hmm. and uh, and you got the you you got the the clowns, and you got the the, the horseback riders, and you got the the uh, the trapeze artists. And each and every one of these things is the endeavor to entertain, mm-hmm. but also to do it at risk. Right with risk and with everybody knowing the risk and everybody being on board for the risk, mm-hmm. you know. But they put up the big cages when the lions come out. Not absolutely ridiculously stupid, right? So, but we, uh, yeah, we run away to join the circus and every one of those people that are involved in it. The guy who cleans up that elephant poop is—he's uh, just as important as that. Uh, as that, what do they call the guy? Who, the ring, the, the ringmaster. That guy. And just as the guys who set up and tear down the tents, or the guys that feed the lions and the bears and the horses, and and Dumbo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole visualization that I was getting from our conversation here. I was thinking about Dumbo. <laughs> yeah. But Dumbo's so cute. And that was hey, that was my very first outing here in in Vancouver. I, I had done a few plays and things like that in Calgary, but then I moved to Vancouver with, like, nothing in my pockets. And I got a great, great, great agent. And she sent me out on this one little gig, and it was to uh, to stand as a statue mm-hmm. that eventually comes alive at a Walt Disney uh, convention pitch. It was something that was being done here. And it was specifically for Walt Disney, and it was Walt Disney characters and all of that. And yeah, I was dre- dressed up as a Mexican, and it was uh, I was just, it was so fun and neat, but like no cameras, no nothing. It was like so way, way, way back then. But that was my first endeavor with Walt Disney. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's so funny because when you do when you when you look at footage of Walt Disney, Walt Disney only once ever. Could you see him visually speaking as Mickey Mouse? Mm-hmm. He he had done that. He was he was being introduced to someone is in black and white. He said something to the effect in Mickey Mouse's voice. That's right, Mister Ellsworth. Uh, but I I was I wasn't going to do the Mickey Mouse right. voice. Yeah, because I couldn't. If I tried it, it wouldn't come over very good. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so that was pretty cool. Like I've got family way, way back history of uh, of family members, Aylesworths, that uh-huh. are producers, producers yeah. uh, for the Sonny and Cher show. Oh wow, my mom yeah. used to watch. Yeah, and uh, I think we had these two other guys up here in Canada, 
called uh, I can't remember what their names were. You know what? All the information's on the internet. And, yeah. and if I say it wrong, I, I might come off as in, I'm insulting my forefathers. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they did some some great work. And uh, yeah, yeah. Laughing, I think, was one of the things that they were part of as well. Rowan and Martin way back in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And that was the Aylesworth sort of lineage with coming from the Walt Disney producer uh, where, where Walt Disney had actually said Mr. Aylesworth has Mickey Mouse. And then coming all the way up to, uh, yeah, through the 60s and so on. And, and uh, yeah, and then there's another M- Mika Aylesworth. Hmm. I think she's on some television show right now. Yeah. And anyone who's, who's, uh, whose name is, is uh, the same as mine, we're somehow supposedly uh, related. Mm-hmm. We're spelled the same way. Yeah. yeah. That's the usual theory. <laughs> it's like, are, wait, are you two related? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so cool because that's yeah. that's part of my, my father's side of my family that I've not really been, I, I'm not really too aware of. I've only been aware of my mother's side, mm-hmm. which is Native, where First Nations Cree. And, and that is so diverse and so full of love and, and mm-hmm. such great medicine, I like mm-hmm. to call it. I've delved into that and been identify as that in many ways. Yeah. And certainly within the community and, and all those places. Yeah. Up here, like... I say up here in Canada, it's one of the biggest thing and most growing population, and, and that's our native communities. Yeah. For me, I'm Irish, Scottish, and Cheyenne. Oh, yeah. Blood. So, Good yeah, it's, I, I grew up with it. I, I was going to powwows since I was six, dancing fancy shawl by the time I was nine. Oh, ho. I still have my original choker from when I was about six or seven. It's in blue and white. Oh, my relation. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I was going to Black Powder Rendezvous since I was about two. I was seven. Friend, A friend of ours made a dress for me for the rendezvous, and I still have it. Outstanding. I even have my father had carved a wooden knife for me, and then a friend of ours made the scabbard for it for me. I was about six or seven at the time and I still have that too very nice good for you the stories that we're telling or that we're being part of sometimes I'm I'm, I'm part of a, a story that I'm playing an absolutely horrid character in like in Blood Brothers mm-hmm. I was this this bro, this brother of this other guy who broke out of jail and I helped him get out of jail and I killed people and I raped people and it was awful Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? What, am I, what kind of story? And I was like, look, man, you're just, you're telling the story. Right. If you look at any amazing book, hell, the Bible, right? The, all of the, uh, the, the people that are in that, in the pros and cons, the yin and the yang, mm-hmm. are, there's a good guy and there's a bad guy. They tell the story. They function the story. In fact, they're the backbone of almost every moral. Mm-hmm. So within that, as a function to guide that moral mm-hmm. to its fruition, I'm happy to play those bad guy roles. Because they're needed in order to get the po- to actually tell the story and to bring across the point of you know what they're trying to say with that story. Yeah. You can't have a good guy without a bad guy because a good guy it. is just a guy. Yeah, you said it. Yeah. So, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm happily, uh, I play heroes and, and will continue to and uh, yeah, and, and want more hero roles. Hello? Hero <laughs> roles? I can take. I'm still going to do bad guys. They're the yeah. juiciest and the funnest. I like those guys. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Blood, Blood Brothers, Reign of Terror, there's also a double cross, Ties That Bind, Blood, A Butcher's Tale yeah. uh, that you've done, uh, Seed Money. Yeah. And an episode of Supernatural. Yes, ma'am. Just recently, yeah. Yeah, which I did see that episode. Oh, yes? It was really cool, yes. The Hangman? That was, yep. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, they killed him off. <laughs> <laughs> Darn yeah. it. Well, you can also see um, on the web, I don't know if it's on the, resum- the resume there, Mr. Somebody. Which is how you and I first connected. That's right. Yeah. Love it. Love Mr. Somebody. Oh, <laughs> we want more. <laughs> we want yes. More. Like, yes, more. I've heard of you. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yes. 
haven't heard you talk almost the whole darn time. <laughs> you like that show? Alex? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. And plus, it's just, I just sit in here listening to everything. It's like, uh, I'm not going to interfere. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, man, yeah. No, I love that you uh, that you just spoke up. Thank you very much. I didn't forget you that you were there. We got into a deeper connection thing, so it's like, I'm not going to ruin the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what, yeah, what did you think of this, this Mr. Somebody? Uh, yeah, because this is your, I got Kat's opinion, but mm-hmm. yours I'd, I'd be intrigued about. It's like, uh, it's a cross between Quantum Leap, and it makes me feel, it makes, reminds me of Quantum Leap, like jumping to body to body. It's, nice. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Especially you had Gary and Scott McNeil. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey? yeah. Yeah, such a coup. Yeah, we did great. Well, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's still something that's developing. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's out there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing more. I okay. really am. Good. It's just it's it is so good. The the how I found it is just so convoluted. It's so funny. Okay. Cuz I was going through YouTube, and I came across some uh, videos of toy reviews, because I'm a big Transformers fan. Oh, yeah. I have been since 84. I came across a channel, TJ Omega. He does a lot of toy reviews, not just Transformers, but Carmen Rider and, and some other stuff. He goes to Metricon every oh, yeah. year. He has, on his channel, a number of videos, interviews, panels, from the convention. One of them, this is from 2014, was with Scott. Oh, yeah. He brought up Mr. Somebody, and Scott was talking about the pistol that he had in that one scene that he was in, in Mr. Somebody, with you (laughs) and that whole thing. And he was talking about from Stargate Atlantis. And I'm like, okay, I gotta see this. Because there was like several different weapons that I remembered. I'm like, okay, which one was it? And so I went looking for it. He's got found a it. different incarnations, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I found it, and I saw, I watched that clip, and I'm like, oh, that's the time cop gun. That's the, that's that's the right. same gun that Jean-Claude Van Damme was carrying in that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have that movie. <laughs> yeah. And so, Degrees of Separation is Rick Ferracci mm-hmm. was one of the characters in Time Cop. Uh, he was one of the big, big guys who comes in with. He had the big pony, ponytail and beard. And, oh and yeah, and the yeah. House, everything that was yeah. that was Rick Ferracci. Mm. And Rick was the uh, director, writer, um, and starring role in um, Blood Brother. Blood Brothers. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's a little full circle kind of fun thing. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. Well, Scott is McNeil cool. is such a treasure and, and, and a great talent, and uh, that's cool that, that you uh, you guys bounced. You know what I mean? That it, you yeah. got together, and then you saw the show, and uh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and it was the interview that he did with that TJ did with him that they were talking about that, and so I went hunting for Mr. Somebody, found it, was reading you know the the story and about the characters, and I, there was four clips on there, and I'm like. Oh, I gotta talk to these guys. So I sent a message, and Trevor responded. Yeah. And I ended up interviewing you and Trevor together right before part one uh, hit the internet. Yeah, that's right. Before we released, yeah. Yeah. And that was that interview was so much fun. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. Trevor's sort of a quiet fella. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Alex here. <laughs> Not as quiet. <laughs> he said. <laughs> Not as quiet as Alex, because he did he did talk quite a bit. Yeah, um, he had some knowledge, thank goodness, about what the uh, what the the next phases of this project are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the creative end. Uh, he he helped create it with uh, with my friend uh, Jason Kelly, mm-hmm. and uh, and they've got a couple different scripts that they want to do, mm-hmm. but. I'm not privy as to which ones we're actually going to do. Um, and now it's a matter of, from what I understand, it's a matter of, uh, of raising funds for the next two episodes. Um, and I'm, I'm certain that we're not actually looking at a lot of uh, money because it's not like I charge an arm and a leg to do my own project, you know? Right. I might be waiving my fee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm... So that's where we're at with that. 
yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that because that was, you know, just just part one, and I'm going, no, don't stop it there, keep going, I want to see more. <laughs> it's like ah, you can't leave me hanging. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. Yeah, no, there's definitely lots to it, and we've, mm -hmm. you know, he's got a couple really good scripts, and I'm uh, I'm excited to. Uh, to be doing something with it, but it's a matter of what can uh, what can we do? His schedule, right. my schedule, and uh, if they've raised any money. Yeah, and and the other guys too, like like Gary and Scott and and some of the other people that are involved. And yeah, yeah, because I mean, all those guys got committed and 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 you know were willing to be a part of this project based on their relationships with me, and uh, and I was so grateful for that and continue to be. So depending on what what we're doing, I will once again call on their friendship and help and. Yeah, hopefully we can pay them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you did a short that I I did watch it. Oh. Called the arrangements. Oh yeah, you watched the arrangements. I it watched, wasn't all I, that I, short, I, was it? <laughs> not not that short, no. But it was it. it I'm sitting. There, I'm watching it. I'm going, okay. When's the other shoe gonna drop? And then it's like, it makes you wonder about her. Yeah. And like, okay, what is she really doing? And who is she? Because it's like, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Because that's kind of where we were going, right? Like, she was going to be the one who was going to continue on, and that would, there, there would be more to the story. It was based on her. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's Good. obvious that she survived the, the, the ordeal yeah. because of the way it was presented. And it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you like the last gasp era mm -hmm. here? I, I thought it was fun. It was, yeah, I don't know. You know, there are short films that I'm kind of going, okay, I'm happy to be a part of. And uh, mm -hmm. the thing about short films is that they, they, unless they go into the festivals, unless they're accepted and, and, and are promoted to go into the festivals, then they kind of don't really go very far. And I'm, I'm so glad that you've taken the time to research and find it. Where did you find the arrangement? It was on uh, Vimeo. Nice. That's through, cool. um, I think it was through Mind, Mind Tool Films, which is Trevor's. Yes, uh -huh. Mind Tool. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Well, that's cool. You're, uh, yeah, you rock. I appreciate you doing that because the, the, what that does is that helps to promote, do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Each thing builds on. Uh, it, everything builds on the next thing that's coming. Yeah. That's yeah. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to help. Uh, Trevor and uh, and my my other buddy to uh, to put together a zombie project that they and and they they actually put it together without me you know what I mean another mm -hmm. uh, another little short but uh, but we're looking with uh, with that same endeavor we're looking at doing a feature oh well, that would be cool yes yeah and that would be through uh, through my friend Milan and 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 I think. Uh, uh, I think Trevor's involved as well, but uh, that should, should be really fun, and that's what yeah. we're looking for, you know, is maybe get a little, you know, a zombie film, and, uh, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. just brutal, and, and yeah, you know, like, remember with 28 Days, and those zombies came out, and how they were, and all that, yeah, mm -hmm. but say too much, because I could get in trouble. Yeah, and then there's this over the top, and it looks like David Kay was in it with you. Yeah, how do you know and David? <laughs> I know David K because he voiced Megatron in Beast Wars and Beast Machines and the Unicron trilogy. That's how I knew about him. Is that the same David K? I think. Is it? This is a young, a young. Oh man. no, this is a different David K. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay. that? I what? Yeah, there's like multiple people with the same name it's like wait is that the same one no yeah because i just looked at the picture i was like oh nope that's not him never yeah. mind but i do know the other david k in fact uh, many many years ago um i'm thinking like all in the lines of maybe 17 years ago mm -hmm. when i was still coming up i uh, i owned my own business it was a window washing chimney sweeping gutter cleaning mm -hmm. power washing you know home maintenance business Right. Uh, and I would go from door to door and charm the people to to uh, wash their windows for them and clean out their gutters for them at uh, at a very reasonable price and mm -hmm. and, uh, and and it was called Dean's Dynamite Do It All. Oh, I uh, was as as I have always been since you know I've confessed to you since the age of three 
been pursuing, you know, this acting thing. So I was still pursuing the acting thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, an agent of mine had suggested that I go and uh, and meet up with this voice actor up in West Vancouver, whose home was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, no problem. And I went up there, and uh, it was to it was to clean out his gutters and wash his windows and and maintain his home. And it was David Kay. Ah, yeah, very very nice guy. Yeah, and that's how I met David Kay. Very humbly, um, much like I met uh, the the guys who were the the creators of Neon Rider. It's just going about our lives. We we encounter these people because we're supposed to. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I get the parts that I get because I'm supposed to. Yeah, and a lot of the times I'm anxious. I want parts, and they're not mine. And you know, I, it's that's the actor's endeavor. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's. We, we do what we do, and we end up, like you're saying, meeting people as we're supposed to meet them. It's like how I, sort of a roundabout way, met you. <laughs> exactly, Kat. Yes. Exactly. Because we're meant to. You know what I mean? And because, because maybe somewhere out there, uh, you know, the podcast that, that, we're, that we're doing right now is going to get to somebody who's going to uh, help invest in, in Mr. Somebody or – or it's got a great script for me to act in, or you know, or it's got something for for you guys to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah it, either way. Yeah. So, and that's really what this is about. And and I think that the, the the little thing that that I keep touching back on is is the little thing of inspiring people. Yeah. I just hope that that helps. You know, I bet this little interview and this little has inspired some people to, I don't know, maybe look into their family heritage, their lineages, mm-hmm. or, or look into sci-fi movies and television and, you know, or, or look into, into acting and, oh, yeah. you know, and, and what's necessary in that. Yeah. That, yeah. Because all of that is, is full of creativity and inspiration, culture and spirit. And good things. You know what I mean? And, and there's bad things in there, too. You know, but that's the human condition. The, the the good cannot be appreciated without the bad. Yeah. Kind of so the bad part kind of has to be there. And to me, it's just an obstacle to overcome, to get to the good parts. <laughs> and like I said, you know, those ones put in, in front of us are, are really just a measure of what we can overcome because we can, we can, we can, damn it. Mm-hmm. It's been great talking to you. Uh, Alex, you want to take us out? Yeah, I've had to say well, we wish you good night to our listeners and hopefully listens to our next episode soon. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening, listeners. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.